You know, this is, I'm going I'm to show you just a moment the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. This is really a series of messages through the, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, there's really two passages in the Bible that deal with it. Luke gave his account of the Sermon on the Mount in Luke chapter 6. And Matthew gave his account of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter uh, four, five, um, I'm sorry, 5, 6, and 7. And we're looking at chapter 6 of Matthew today. And it's this whole thing of generosity. And I want you to think... Right from the beginning, I want you to think about generosity in terms of time, talents, money, okay? Because it's all of that, and it's, it's the whole package. And too many times when we talk about generosity, we, we, we you know, kind of code our, our, our talk and make it really more about generosity, but we're really talking about money. So I want to be up front today and say, yeah, we're talking about money, but we're also talking about time. And we're also talking about our gifts, our talents that God gives us, all right? So with that note, let's just jump right into this. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to look at uh, the first four verses, and then we're going to skip down and look at a couple more verses. So just follow along. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Take care. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired, because then you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. It's interesting, reward. Verse 2, when you give a gift to someone in need, don't shout about it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I assure you, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone, don't let your left hand, excuse me, don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in secret and your father who knows all secrets will reward you. And we're going to skip down to verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where they will never become moth-eaten or rusty and where they will be safe from thieves. Wherever your treasure is, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. Let's talk about revolutionary generosity. And you know, here's what's amazing to me. I mean, and I, I said something like this last week, and I'll probably say it a lot in the Sermon on the Mount series. Um, this was revolutionary to these people. I mean, this was really revolutionary. And what gets me is it's just as revolutionary today as it was then. And some of the things that I'm going to show you from the Bible, some of you have, didn't know were there. And, and some of you, even, even some of you with a church background, um, are going to say, wow, I, I, why isn't it done that way? And, uh, and I'm going to tell you I don't know. So we're going to talk about that, okay? So just stay with me for a moment. And I'm going to take you through this. I'm going to give you about five things, five little bullets that have to do with what revolutionary generosity is. And we'll just talk about some of those issues as well. So uh, let's, just get, let's just get into that. And by the way, we're also going to see, this is some foundational truth to us as, as a church, as Renaissance Church. Uh, and I'll show you that uh, in a couple of different places, in particular what we just read, uh, how, how we have really sought to make uh, Renaissance Church a reflection of what Jesus says and what the Bible teaches on these very important issues of life. So that, note that, and, uh, and we'll, we'll move. So the first thing that I want you to see is real simple. And Jesus has already said it, pretty obvious. Revolutionary generosity, it gives quietly. Gives quietly. That's what he says when he says, you know, do your good de- you know, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired. You know, and then he talks about giving. Don't give in such a way where you're blowing trumpets 
they didn't do that literally in the uh, in the uh, Jewish synagogues that he's talking about. What they had, and, and this isn't a very good description, but it'll have to work for you, and that's because I've seen pictures of it. What they had was something like, almost like a tuba, like you've seen in a band instrument that would sit on the floor, this big horn type thing with a box underneath it, and you could throw your money in there, and if you, you know, just zinged it the right way, you could hear it all the way down. And of course, you throw a whole bunch of money in there, everybody's going, oh, wow, that guy must work at Merrill, that guy must work at, you know. Wherever, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a good guy. Um, and they would do that. And they would do that in a way so they would draw attention to themselves. And, and what Jesus is saying, basically, whether you're talking about giving your money or whether you're talking about doing good stuff and good deeds, you do that quietly. You give quietly. You know, that's, that's the, the part that he makes. And, you know, the, and that, that's the thing. I mean, there are many ways you can draw attention to yourselves. Uh, when you do that. And, 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 and sometimes ministers do that a lot. In fact, I was in a, I mentioned last week, I was at the prayer breakfast two weeks ago. And, and you know, the, it's always a nice, it's always an interesting deal at the national prayer breakfast. You're in D.C. and everything's politics and everything's kind of fun for two days. And, um, but I, I, one of the things that I was supposed to, I, I had to do because I I'm, I'm, have some friends that, that are pretty involved in making things happen, and they sometimes will ask me to take notes on a particular uh, banquet or luncheon or, or, or you know, dinner and just get back to them, you know, what it is. So I was looking, and I had to send some notes in this week to one of them, and it was a, it was a, it was a dinner, and one of the speakers, and I won't mention his name, you, you wouldn't know him anyway, he, he, some Christian writer who thinks he's a lot bigger than what he is, but he, uh, anyway, I had to write just some, uh, some notes for, for those who were, and I was looking at my notes, and they were kind of harsh, actually, and, and my notes basically said, will this guy ever tire of telling us how great he is? Because, I mean, it was that type of a deal, where I was in 129 countries in six months, and we did this, and we did, you know what, I, I, I'm interested in hearing what you do, and I'm interested in hearing, you know, how God may have used you in some great way, but, you know, spare me how, how you did this, and you did this, and, and churches are bad about that. Ministries can, can really get bad about that. I, I, who knows, maybe I have done it, I hope not, but uh, uh, Jesus tells us, do what you do, give what you give, be used in how you want to be used of your gifts and how you're gifted, but do it quietly, because otherwise that's all the reward you're ever going to get. You say, you mean I'm going to get a reward for doing right and for giving? Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to that. All right, that's the first thing. Revolutionary generosity gives quietly. The second thing, it gives selflessly. They overlap here, and I realize my points often overlap. Uh, gives selflessly. And that's what he's saying. Don't, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, Jesus is saying, you know, your giving, your doing isn't about you. It's about what you're doing that for and who you're doing that for, which is, which is God, which is Jesus in this particular case. Um, so, you know, save the how great I am speech. You know, and, and, and you know, sometimes we, we have to talk about what we're doing, and I understand that, and whether we're giving or whether we're doing stuff. We want to be discreet about that as much as we can. And when we talk about giving money, we live in a society now where um, a few people have to know. Sometimes people will tell me, um, I've never, that I know of, and I'm not the judge on this, but, but whenever people have told me, you know, what they're giving for the church or whatever, usually it's in the context of that's how much they think of the church and, and what we're doing, and that's fine, but unless they tell me I don't know. But other than that, um, you know, you have to, you know, you have taxes, 
And so obviously one or two people have to know on, uh, on some of these situations in church, and that's just the way it is. By the way, nothing wrong with that, you know, obviously. Donald Gray Barnhouse, great preacher from Philadelphia, now, now uh, no longer with us. He had a, one of his great quotes. He was like, it is a sin to pay a penny less tax than what you owe. And he said, it is a sin to pay a penny more tax than what you owe. So we certainly believe in, in you know, giving, giving and getting tax deductions for that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing selfish about that. That's just being, again, a good, uh, a good, uh, good manager and so forth. So that's not what he's talking about when he talks about being quiet or being selfless. It's the attitude around that, and then it's, it's, it's drawing attention to it. Um, third thing I'll say, and I wanna, I'm going to come back to these other two in just a moment. Revolutionary generosity is giving quietly. It's giving, it's, it's giving selflessly. It's giving purposefully as well. And that was part of what Jesus was after. He says, don't just you know, go by the, the trumpet of the synagogue and throw that money in there. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing. Pray about what you're doing. The Apostle Paul put it, to us, put it for us this way in Galatians, excuse me, in, in, uh, it's about Galatia. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He said this in chapter 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day, watch this, on the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save. In other words, think about this. As he may prosper so that no one... Uh, the, so that no collections, or the, the, the text literally reads, so that no special collections be made when I come. The Apostle Paul is not looking to have a special collection to be made for this giving. He says, you think about it, you set it aside, and you say, I'm going to give this amount of money. I'm going to give this percentage or this amount of money to, to God's work uh, in this case. And in your case, you, you, I hope you will, will do that. You might decide to give to some other things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not one of those who believes you, all, everything you give should come to the church. Just most of it. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and that's something you have to determine. And there are a lot of, lot of good things. That's the thing. There are a lot of good things that you can give to. There's a lot of good causes you can volunteer your time uh, to. There are. There are many. And I understand that. And that's something you have to determine. And uh, hopefully you'll do that with, with your mate or your close friend or, or maybe even pray about it. And I'm not suggesting necessarily that you have to have an all-night prayer vigil. Um, maybe you just ask God, say, God, help me, help me to have wisdom here to know what to do with this. Because I want to I really do something. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want it to count whatever I can do, whatever I can give, whatever I can offer. I want it to count. So you do that with purpose. One of the things that, let me, let me tiptoe around this just for a moment, because this is, this is always an issue when it comes to Renaissance and when I speak about these types of issues, because the temptation, uh, and I don't want you to hear it this way, the temptation can be for me to say, we do it right here and everybody else is wrong. That's, that's, that's sometimes because we don't take an offering and, and we ask you to pray. We don't put pressure on you. We don't have special meetings. We try to inform at least four times a year. Our chairman of our board, Rob King, will come and, and show you where we are. We try to. We got one coming up, I think, next month um, for the end of the year. We, 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 we don't do that like on Easter Sunday, you know. Wouldn't that be nice, huh? Or on Mother's Day or something like that. We try to do that at a time when we're not necessarily going to have at least that we could 
can think about ahead of time there's going to be a huge influx of visitors, but every Sunday we have visitors, so we still have to deal with that. So that's, that's the issue here that I want to be careful that I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe this. I, I believe this before I came here. Uh, the, the, the policy we had at Renaissance was in place before I came of not taking an offering and have people think and pray about what they're doing. That, I just affirmed it. I said, hey, uh, as a minister, I'll tell you this, I haven't, I haven't quote-unquote passed the plate in 25 years. Um, and it's, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying to you, I think the Bible is pretty clear about this. Um, I don't think I have any, any, any extra insight. I mean, how many ways can you interpret this? You know, it's pretty clear to me. Some of you are thinking, well, then why do I, why have I in my background seen people put pressure and, and, and even churches sometimes having stewardship Sunday or stewardship month or stewardship quarter or stewardship, you know, one of the big criticisms of the church in general is they're always talking about my, you know, I can't always explain that except I can sympathize. I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are in more traditional churches like that. And I will just tell you, there are always pressures. We have them too. There are always financial pressures, and it's real easy to go in that direction, and I want to be compassionate to those who do. I just believe that's not what the Bible teaches. And I, I think you need to do just, it's pretty clear, and I think God is going to honor that in the long haul. Doesn't mean you don't have sleepless nights and wonder if it's, ever, if it's going to come in and, and all the other kind of stuff when you talk about finances, as well as other needs need to be met by volunteers, so these are issues that, that you approach them and you approach them by what the Scripture teaches. That doesn't mean that everybody else is, is you know, going to hell or all wrong or whatever. They've got to deal with their deal, okay? We have to do what we believe is right, and that's what we're seeking to do here. And that's why we don't take an offering. We ha- we, it's not that we don't need it. It's the, the fact that we don't want people to feel uncomfortable if they're coming here, if they're visiting. We don't want people to feel pressured. And we want you to pray about it. We really, that, that's not just... That's not just the liquor talking, because I haven't had any. Um, you know, that's, that's just the truth. We really do want you to pray about it and, and think about it, and, and, and not just, you know, on a whim, oh, yeah, I'll throw in this or whatever. Think about that. That's important. And that's, that's, that's what the Bible, that's what Jesus says. That's something we came up with. So revolutionary generosity gives quietly, it gives selflessly, it gives purposefully. Okay? Let me show you another one. I love this. And we read the verses earlier. We'll go back to them. Revolutionary generosity gives affectionately. You say, well, that's kind of a weird word to use there, isn't it? No, it's not at all. Let me read to you again those pass- the passage we read earlier. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty. You know, verse 20. Store your treasures in heaven. Verse 21. Wherever your treasure is. Watch, watch, watch. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be. You see, you want to find out where your treasure is, where your heart is? Take a look at your credit card slips, your checkbook. Now, obviously, you might have a big one down there for the utility company or whatever, and obviously that doesn't mean your heart's there. There are certain things we have to pay. I understand that. But how about the, 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 the other part, the part that's discretionary or expendable or whatever you want to call that? What about that? You know, think about that. You go over those, and I do that every now and then. I look, I look at some of those, those bills. And, okay, where did this go? What was that about? What was that about? Why did I do that? It's a good thing to do. It's a good exercise to do. Sometimes it's a painful exercise to do. But it's, it's, it's a good thing to do, to think about. What, what am I thinking here? Where's my heart? Where's my, where's my affection? 
you know? Um, you give because you believe in something. You give your time. You give your money. Because hey, I, I want to be a part of that. Let me show you another passage in Second uh, Corinthians. The Apostle Paul again, chapter 9, says this. This I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. There's purpose there. There's thought. Watch, watch, watch. Not grudging or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. You say, that's in the Bible. Yeah, it's right there. It's always been there. I didn't add it. It's there. Isn't that amazing? No pressure. No guilt. No manipulation. You give because, boy, I want to be a part of that. I want to give what I can give to that because I believe in what they're doing and, and it helps me. Hopefully, that's the church as well as other things. Um, we give affectionately. And that's, an, I mean, that's such an important issue. You know, one of the things, Clay and I were talking about this earlier in the week, and he and I both have heard, maybe you've never heard this, both have heard other ministers and so forth say, give till it hurts. Well, what kind of crap is that? I'm sorry, what kind of trash is that? <laughs> give till, what does that mean? Give till it hurts. What does that mean? You know, we give, I love, I love this. I want to be a part of this. Now, that doesn't, it might be sacrificial, I think, you know, really, I, I don't care how much you're talking about, most giving in some way is sacrificial because that's something you're sacrificing that you could have done something else with. Now, in some cases, it may not be because you've got enough and you've got plenty of them and you can just say, yeah, I can write a check and I'm not even going to feel that, 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 that bit. And that may be the case. But again, stop and think about that. What can I really do significantly dear to help, whether it's giving or whether it's giving my time or whether it's giving the talents that I have? All of those are important. It's the whole package. And the last thing I want to say, the fifth thing, you know, revolutionary generosity gives quietly, selflessly, purposefully, affectionately, and creatively. Gives creatively. You know what I've learned? I've learned generous people are generous in every area of their life, usually. And they're creative about how they can give, whether they're giving their time. And I mean, you know, in some cases I've seen, and I've seen it, here, where people just give and give and give, finances and time, where it's just like when it's not convenient, and when it's not easy, and maybe that's what the guy means when he says give till it hurts, when, it, when it's not necessarily easy and there is a sacrifice of time or of finances that are, that, that's truly involved here, and, and, but they're creative about that. And the whole thing about being generous is it's usually the whole package, it's not just, oh, that person gives money, that other person gives that. You know what? It may not be the same proportion, but generous people almost always give in many, many different ways. And that's the question you need to ask yourself. Am I a generous person? Because that's, that's, that's part of the issue here. Gives creatively. Okay, now I didn't talk about in each one of those, uh, each one of those passages in, in Jesus, he talks about, you know, losing your reward from your father or, or you've had, that's all the reward you'll get. Or you're, if you give in secret, your father in, who, who sees all secrets will reward you. What's that all about? How's God, how's God going to reward me? I kind of want to hear that. I want to hear the good stuff here. You know, how's he going to reward me? 
And there's some, there's some things that we can talk about. Proverbs talks about uh, a generous man, Proverbs 11, a generous man will be prosperous. He who waters or refreshes others, literally, will himself be watered or be refreshed. See, so, I mean, there's some things like that in Scripture that tell us, but, but again, what does that mean when it says God's going to bless us? And, and what happens many times today is people say, well, now, if you give, I promise you, you, you guys in my line of work often, you'll hear them say, um, if you give, I promise you, God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Um, and you know what? He will. But it's only been about 200 years or so that we have defined blessing with money signs. Okay? Don't fall into that trap. Because too many times people think, well, I, I'm, if, I, if I give 20%, that means that I'm going to make 20% more next year. Well, you might, but you might not. And that's not why you give. And this is key. This is so important. If you've been tuned out, don't miss this part, okay? Because this is huge. This is huge. And I mean it. I mean, this is really huge. Never give to receive. Never do that. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Anything. You, not even a reward from God. You give because God has given so much to you. You give, can I really be blunt with you here? You give because in my native English, because you ain't got nothing anyway. You know, it's all been given to you by God. I don't care what you're talking about your money. I don't care what you're talking about your talents. I don't care what you're talking about your time. It's all on loan from God, and you know that. Think about that. It's all on loan. We're living, in, we're living in times right now with our economy. A lot of you guys, a lot of you folks are realizing, oh, yeah, it is all on loan from God. I didn't realize that till this year. It is. Your time, I think you know that. I think you know your time is all on loan from God for however many years he gives you it's all on loan from your talents all on loan from you give because it's all on loan from god it's not yours anyway it's his and you know what sometimes sometimes those rewards may not be felt sometimes those rewards may not be seen and sometimes those rewards will be deferred to a much different place than this but God will reward. We just don't always see that or feel that. And that's not why we do it. We do it because what did God do? God loved the world. And what did he do? He gave. He gave his only son. You know, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's a little bit of the King James from my childhood there. Sorry about that. Um, but God, God had this revolutionary love that he gave. And that's what revolutionary love does. It gives, just like God did with us. And whatever we do have, he gave. And, and that's, that's epitomized. The pinnacle of that is him giving his son Jesus to us. And that's why we give, because it's not ours in the first place. Tell you what we're going to do. We're gonna, we're gonna, um, I'm going to get the guys to come up. Sometimes we leave you in a, in a sermon like, message like this with, uh, with a, you know, kind of a thing to pray about and be contemplative and all. We're not going to do that today. That's good to do. Today, I'm, we're going to leave you, I'm going to pray and then we're going to leave you with a charge, okay? I'm going to let Charlie do the, uh, 
We'll let Charlie do the benediction. Charlie and the band are going to do the benediction. And they're going to give you a charge because what we're talking about is really revolutionary love. That's what we're talking about. Let me pray. You'll see what I mean. God, we are so thankful for the gifts, for the time, for the finances that you continue to give us. It's not ours. Help us to remember that. God, and I pray especially as we think about that, we would think about the revolutionary love. I mean, the different kind of love that you have for us and that you call us to have for others. It's truly a revolutionary love. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.